0: Welcome to Pigskins and Pageantry, a podcast dedicated to all things SEC football. My name is Wes and I'd like to invite you to join me, Jesse and Matt each week as we discuss last week's games, news from around the league, make predictions for the upcoming games and much, much more. And what's up everybody, it's Wes. This week, guys, we're here with reactions, a reactions recap that is here in less time than a Brian Harson coaching tenure. I'm just, <clears throat> I'm sorry, that was mean. That was mean and may not even be true. So hey, just whatever, uh, time will tell. Um, Jesse, I take it that yesterday was somewhat less stressful than the previous week.
1: Yes, I'm feeling much better. Uh, there are still some things I'd like to clean up, but it was a much more relaxing, game um for me as well as for my creatures that live with me um we all had a lovely day and spent quite literally the whole day inside watching football and it was delightful
0: glorious a glorious saturday um matt is feeling zippy after pummeling zippy the kangaroo (laughs) how's it going
2: i uh as you can tell i am uh in a very secure location uh, I am doing everything in my power to avoid the Tennessee hype train right now. I have secured <laughs> myself in my bunker uh, to avoid that because there's a lot of talk right now about what Tennessee's getting ready to do this weekend in Florida, and I'm I'm selling it, not buying that. Not I love my Vols, but we need to chill, guys. We need to chill.
0: You're not eating the
1: it's rat happening pork. on Vol Twitter. We haven't
2: had a vault Twitter
0: update recently. Oh yeah, I, have, yeah. I, have, I haven't. I haven't been to vault Twitter. Matt's in it. the vault. He doesn't know.
2: <laughs> I, I've been secured. I'm, <laughs> I'm like... in. I'm in my bunker. I'm staying out of here. <laughs>
0: That's it. All right. Well, let's uh, let's go ahead and talk about those games from yesterday.
3: Always remember, if you ain't first, you're last.
0: All right. Well, let's get started with uh, poor Auburn. Penn State two and zero.
1: Saying poor Auburn? If yeah. I'm, well, you I,
2: know, I'm saying poor Auburn. Poor yeah. Auburn.
0: Okay. Uh, If I'm looking at it objectively, not as a Georgia fan or whatever, if I'm looking at it objectively, poor Auburn, uh, Penn State uh, just handling them, just beating them into the ground 41 to 12, which was like, it was like a slow burn, right? At the beginning of the game, it was like, okay, it's a little bit close. Auburn doesn't look that great, but hey, they're still in the game. And then Penn State would get a a field goal. They'd pull away a little bit more. And then, you know, they'd find a touchdown. And it's just like, it just like snowballed and it just got worse from there. So 41 12, the final, Jesse getting the points in this one. Like I said, dominating Penn State dominating this one on the road, uh, controlling the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball off uh, Auburn's offense uh, unable to get anything going we were texting about this during the game yesterday, um, Auburn put in Robbie Ashford and a quarterback from uh, from Oregon, uh, who fared no better than TJ Finley. Um, Ashford's interception in the third quarter put Auburn at eight turnovers for the season with zero takeaways. Mm-hmm. Uh, losing that turnover battle is, uh, is never good. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on, on this just beat down by Penn state of Auburn?
2: Well, you know, I, I, I was not anticipating this. I was anticipating this game to be a little bit closer. Um, Three reason one, when we made our predictions last week, I was like, surely Auburn will be able to pull this off. I mean, it's a game they're at home. This is a big game Auburn should be up for it. But, man, they just – they couldn't get things going. Um, And, you know, they ended up with, I think, four turnovers total in this game. I think Mm -hmm. two picks and two interceptions – sorry, two interceptions and two fumbles. Um, And it's hard. It is hard uh, to overcome when you have that many turnovers, and especially when you don't have any takeaways yourself. It's kind of difficult – Uh, to keep yourself up and running there Um, the name that was I was waiting to see uh, as you know I I didn't get a chance to watch the game I watched part of it but I didn't watch the whole thing I was waiting to see if Tank Bigsby would be able to get something going and uh, he had nine carries for 39 yards his longest run was 12 it's just I don't know what's going on in Auburn I don't know why they can't um, I don't I'm not convinced that Penn State's that good um, where they can throttle an SEC team, even if it's an Auburn that seems to be down this year. But um, I, I, I'm curious as to what, what all that means and what that looks like. Uh, I'm going to talk to my buddy Grant and see what he thinks about this uh, situation with Brian Harson because it ain't so happy out on the plains right now.
0: No, definitely not. And uh, Jesse, I know you don't feel sorry for Auburn being an Alabama fan, but what I
1: are mean, your thoughts? I don't feel sorry for them as a fan, but it's honestly embarrassing as an SEC. Mm-hmm. you know fan of the conference just because it doesn't look good for the conference the big 10 is always touting that they're just as good and then you know usually we we crush those hopes in a uh, in a bowl game but right. this you know during the regular season we don't we don't see them too too much so this was kind of embarrassing couple things that stood out is it was the first time auburn lost a home game by 28 points or more since 2012 oh. the last time that happened uh, it was November 10th of 2012 against Georgia, where they lost at home 38 to zero that same season. Cause it didn't just happen once that season. Um, they only had three wins that season, but uh, they also lost 41 to 20 or that was at Old Miss. Pardon me. Um, they lost to Texas A&M 63 to 21 at home on October 27th, 2012. So a lot of Losses that year, and this is the first time they've lost uh, by that margin or more since then. So not a good look for them. Uh, They reached the red zone four times, but didn't score a single touchdown when they got there. Uh, They settled for two field goals and threw an interception on a third opportunity. And a final red zone possession resulted in a turnover on downs in the final minutes. So obviously, as Matt sort of mentioned, turnovers played a big role in, in Penn state's dominance and they were spotless with their ball protection. Uh, you know, Auburn giving it up four times. And while football can be somewhat of a complicated game, um, taking care of the football, not complicated. Uh, and usually if you lose the turnover, uh, competition, you lose the game. So that, that was certainly the case here. Uh, Auburn's quarterback situation is a mess. Now I will say their offensive line, not great. Mm-hmm. Wasn't great. Uh tennis, Penn State. <laughs> Penn State finished with 11 tackles for a loss and six sacks. Um their defense reached havoc in the backfield um and they didn't fear TJ Finley and his passing game at all. And to be fair, they didn't need to. He completed 11 out of 19 passes for 152 yards with an interception. Um And it was just it was a mess. Ashford replaced him in the third quarter, completed 10 out of 19 for 144 yards. But nearly half of those yards came in garbage time. So this schedule doesn't get any easier. It was not a good look for Auburn. And usually they show out at home so that that can't be encouraging. And if I'm Calzada, I'm very confused as to why I didn't get put in this football game.
0: (laughs) Did you see what I uh, reposted on our uh, Instagram? they um, said, if I'm, I'm if I'm Calzada right now, I'm pulling an Antonio Brown, leaving in the fourth quarter and going to the nearest <laughs> Sky Bar.
1: Yep, yep, yeah. It's just, I mean, at that point, they might as well have put in anybody. Right. But no, it, yeah. it was it, rough day.
2: Something I also want to kind of get y'all's viewpoint on, too, is I was looking through the recap and some of the sound bites that came from the post game presser. And uh, Harson said, quote, the key is really how we handled the disappoint- disappointment. We still have a long season ahead of us. There's still a lot of football to play. Uh, talking about disappointment and that kind of being like, is that a challenge to the team? It sounds a little bit like a challenge to the team, I think. How do they handle that disappointment? It's an interesting little little sound bite, I thought
1: how do you handle that hopefully do better Mm. did
0: you uh well yeah it was like well we'll talk about uh shane beamer and his his little comment about stuff like that later (laughs) Um, love it anyway um yeah for sure it's interesting stuff going on down there in the plains uh, let's talk about Vanderbilt at Northern Illinois, uh, the Huskies. Uh, Vandy, you taking this one, 38-28, although uh, flirting with disaster, as Molly Hatchett would say. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Jesse getting the point in this one as well. Um, yeah. But, yeah, so A.J. Swan got the start at quarterback for this one for Vandy. Uh, they, uh, they struggled. Vandy struggled midway through this one. They were actually losing 28 were, 14. We were like nervously texting each other at this point. I was like, what, what is Vandy doing? Like, I, I did pick Northern Illinois, but I think I, I picked him in a close one. It was not like, you know, like a multi score uh, win for them um which it was at that point so yeah they were losing vandy was losing 28 14 in the third quarter but then they just like exploded for 24 un- unanswered points including three straight touchdown passes for swan in the third uh jesse let's start with you on this one but um look i i know it's northern illinois but i i think vandy has something to build on here as far as resiliency and coming back what do you think
1: i mean when you look at the opponents you also have to understand it's vandy so that's kind of their caliber, to be honest. I mean, it's it was a pretty evenly matched game, for the most part. Their freshman school. quarterback, yeah, AJ Swan threw for four touchdown passes, and you know they rallied. They really had to, um, and and came back with a decent margin in a non-conference victory. Uh, it was Swan's third appearance and his first career start, and I think he helped engineer that comeback. You know, it was a two touchdown deficit. Uh, they scored 24 unanswered points in the second half, and he completed 18 of 28 passes for 255 yards and four scores. So not a terrible performance for a, a team that was playing at the level of their competition. So encouraging if you're Vandy. Now, next weekend, probably not going to happen.
0: Oh, uh, Yeah. <laughs> I did see that earlier when I was uh, prepping for the uh, for the next section of our show or for the next oh, uh, no. show.
2: I just looked at the schedule. Yeah. Mm. Matt, what are your a, thoughts on that's this a, one? That's a nasty little gauntlet they got to run through for the next month. Um, I, you know what? This is I would call this a good win for Vanderbilt. Um, we, we know that Vanderbilt is is the academic school in the SEC. They're really good at baseball uh sometimes their basketball teams are pretty good football's not one of their programs that's known for being a powerhouse so um you know good win for them gets into three and one uh, a little bit of a bounce back after that loss last week uh however like we just alluded to the sledding is about to get incredibly difficult especially when you look at who they're playing next week um but good win i think they've got some stuff they can build on here uh with aj swan he showed some some moxie to get to pull them back into this and for the defense to come out in that second half and blank Northern Illinois into only giving up a touchdown, it's pretty, pretty good. So, um, you know, Vandy's going to Vandy. We were worried about them all afternoon. Um, mm-hmm. And the, the, all three of us were like, are they going to be able to pull this thing <laughs> off? And, and they did it. So uh, kudos to them, I guess.
0: There's something to be said for your team, not giving up, no matter who you're playing. Right. Um, yeah. yeah. No, so, there's no
2: quit in them. There's in the no right, quit. Beamer. No quit.
0: No quit. <laughs> Oh man. Um all right, well uh, let's talk about uh, Mississippi State at LSU. Um LSU taking this one 31 to 16. Matt is the only one who picked LSU, so he it's got the Because I point. believe he, he believe
2: Brian Kelly in his believe. Book.
1: Oh god, <laughs> believe. the purple so bad. And I'm it not wasn't. just saying that cuz I don't like the color purple generally, but I'm saying like when they interviewed him at halftime, that's just not his shape. It doesn't work. It it's honestly I feel bad because Yellow is a very hard color to pull off as well, and those are just really tough. It just doesn't work for him.
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe with yeah. like
1: a white shirt or like a it was gray really, that has the logo.
0: It was really interesting on Coach O because you have this like hulking man from the Bayou with a purple shirt on, and it was just great. So you know, but it, it was
1: like his. He was so leathery tan <laughs> that like contrasted it, and, there was a contrast it was fine there coach o doesn't have undertones because there's no skin left <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> right brian Kelly saw skin he's, it's just not his undertones
0: he's been out there wrestling gators and stuff he's just yeah, he's not i'm sorry bothered I have by to say
1: it. thank you for fashion corner we're done yeah
0: there you go the <laughs> new segment on peak skins and pageantry so um, yeah, I mean, so as far as the game goes, I, I, we all know the Tiger Stadium is a rough place to play at night. We, we even talked about it on the last show. It's, it's just a known thing. But honestly, I, I was still kind of disappointed in the way Mississippi State, they had so many opportunities in this one. Um, the uh, The Bulldogs of the Mississippi State variety kind of let me down. A lot of uh, mental errors, as I mentioned. uh, Special teams mistakes. Um, They had uh, the muff punt there, I believe, and then uh, Will Rogers. Look, he wasn't perfect in this one, but it was kind of it's kind of ironic because I think we just had um, in the listener feedback segment last week we're talking about how deep the receiving core is at Mississippi State, and I saw so many drop passes in this game. And I'm not putting it, you know, I'm not saying Will Rogers is like I said is is perfect, but man, uh, it seemed like every time I was turning around, I was like what is going on here the ball is right there you got to make that catch and nobody was helping him out so um still credit to LSU they did what they had to do uh and uh, Jaden Daniels I mean he had a great great game he uh he was clutch uh made some key runs when he needed to he actually rushed for uh 93 yards and a touchdown as well uh as uh as passing for 210 yards and a touchdown uh let's listen to uh what coach Brian Kelly had to say about this game
3: Thanks, Tess. Coach Kelly, you were down by 13. Second half was incredible. You scored three touchdowns in the fourth quarter. What did you think of just the overall process and resiliency of the team?
2: Well, we're fighters. Uh, We showed that in week one. We just didn't execute, you know, at the end. But, um, you know, that's what we know about this team. They'll fight. Um, We executed so much better in the second half. Our defense played great. This is a really difficult team to defend. They played very well. Uh, I thought their defense is very difficult, but we got into a rhythm, and I, and I think quite frankly, you know, up front, our guys did a great job in the second half, We were able to run the football, we had the big runs, and we could control the line of scrimmage
3: late, and um, you know, in the SEC, you gotta run the football. We were able to run the football late, and that was the difference. What does it mean to get your first SEC win? Yeah, I mean, it's really nice. I mean, any time you can win a game in the SEC, it's it's an accomplishment, especially against a really quality team, and that's a veteran team. You know, we started two freshmen on the offensive line, and uh, they managed to hang in there, and we'll just keep building it and take it one time, and we'll enjoy this one and, and get ready for next week. Thanks for the time. You Thank
0: you. Matt, what are your thoughts on the, the fighting LSU Tigers?
2: Well, um, Again, love love the sound bites here, but felt like Butch Jones all over again. But uh, either way, um, <laughs> or maybe uh, Drinky. Um, I'm, a, I'm I'm I picked LSU. I'm disappointed for Mississippi State. Um, you know, Mississippi State came out. They looked pretty good in their first two games. I thought maybe we had turned the corner uh, on the um, Mike Leach experiment in Starkville, but uh, maybe not. Um, this is an LSU team that you know is rebuilding a little bit. Uh, after last year and I, I picked LSU just because it was a night game in Death Valley um, but I was really disappointed for Mike Leach I, and like you said drop passes were I think the story of this game um, and and you know LSU's defense played pretty pretty solid game too um, I can't remember who it was I just had his stat pulled up it's a BJ Olajari is that his name Ojalari, yeah so he he had a pretty two quarterback curries. Uh, two and a half tackle for losses, one and a half sacks. Yeah, they were calling his name a lot during the game. They said his name a lot. Um, His name kind of popped off um, the defensive stats when I was looking through that. Because again, um, that's the thing about Mike Leach's offense. It's potent if you don't disrupt it. However, if it gets disrupted... And then you're running into some issues. So I hate this for Mike Leach, uh, but this is a confidence builder for Brian Kelly and for LSU. Um, it will definitely be interesting to see how they build off this, especially as we get into the rest of the teeth of their SEC schedule. And I know Tennessee is going to have to go see them at some point. So um, kudos to LSU.
0: Yeah. So Matt's not, uh, he's not mad. He's just disappointed. So
2: yeah, um, yeah I'm, I'm disappointed. That's a great way to put it.
0: Jesse, your thoughts?
1: Yeah. I mean, I thought, uh, Brian Kelly touched on it. The defensive line for the Tigers was, was great. They, they were probably the best position group of the night. They dominated the line of scrimmage against Mississippi state. They sacked Rodgers four times and made eight tackles behind the line of scrimmage. They hit Rogers even more when he was passing. Um, and I think his performance suffered because of that during the second half and he completed less than half of his throws in, in the second half. So it, it's like Matt said, you know, when you disrupt that air raid offense, what else do you have? Um, and, and their offensive line was just getting torn apart, uh, which, you know, in turn then affected Rogers. And uh, Mike Leach said, it's unfortunate because we are explosive. We're just inconsistent. Explosive is fun and explosive means you can get on a run and hit a lot of dingers on somebody. But in the end, that will catch up to you if you are not consistent. We have got to coach consistency in them. That is what we have to do, starting with me. And I think that's true. I think last season we saw it as well, where it was like when the air raid worked, it worked. And you saw these crazy numbers from uh, Will Rogers. But then when it wasn't on or when someone put holes in it, it, it wasn't great. And that's not something you can do in the SEC or really any conference. Um LSU outscored Mississippi state in the fourth quarter uh, and 31 to three during the game's final 31 minutes. That's insane. Uh, Like you said, Daniels for LSU, he was great. He had a great showing accounted for more than 300 yards of offense, including the, you know, passing touchdown or rushing touchdown, um, which was great for him. Something that I wasn't necessarily expecting, just knowing that LSU is kind of rebuilding and um, he completed 22 for 37 passes for 212 passing yards without an interception and rushed for, for 93, mostly on scrambles, but that's, that's gotta be really encouraging uh, for those down in Baton Rouge. So sad to see that performance from Mississippi state, especially because I picked them to win, but it is, it's tough to play in death Valley and when, your defensive line is showing out like that you're, you're going to put up those numbers and you're going to come out with a win.
0: Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, um, interesting, uh, look for both of those teams, uh, some unexpected things and, uh, we'll, we'll have to follow them both closely because, uh, we're uh, interested to see where both of those programs are going. Um, all right. So the next game we're going to have to file under, uh, I did not expect to have to talk about this. And <laughs> that was, uh, the Missouri state bears, Bears at uh, Arkansas Arkansas winning this one 38 to 27 Jesse getting the point in this one um here we are talking about this game for some reason <laughs> um Arkansas man, it's like they just decided to like I don't know what they decided to do. they were messing around against Missouri State and didn't even have a lead until nine minutes left in the game and that was when Bryce Stevens returned a punt 82 yards for a touchdown so it took like a special teams miracle to do that so um they scored uh, once more after that to get some cushion, but like, wow. I mean, it's like, what? it's a close call. And I I can't even begin to think like what the reason might be. And we can talk more about that uh, later, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, KJ Jefferson throwing for 385 yards. I mean, so, I mean, still a great game for him. um, But just, I don't know. I, I can't really explain it. Jesse, do you have words for this one?
1: It was wild. I expected once I found out that Petrino coached the bears, he he is their head coach. I was like, Oh, you know, Arkansas has been prepping all week. You know, everybody is going to show out. It's going to be a bloodbath. You think they'd be hyped. It was not, it was like Petrino had sacrificed a whole bushel of neck braces going into the (laughs) week. To curse these young men because in the beginning.
0: Hold on. on. That deserves that. I mean, that was good. That was good. (laughs) That was a good line.
1: (laughs) But they were floundering in the first quarter. I mean, you watched and it was, it was like the bad news bears for them. No one could get anything done. And and the bears had their number. I mean, they were, they were moving the ball. They were doing everything they needed to. They led 27, 17 early in the fourth quarter, as you mentioned, uh, before the Razorbacks finally scored 21 unanswered points to close the game. But leading up to that, that did not look like it was going to happen. And I thought that for some reason, Mercury's still in the microwave and we are all, we are in some weird alternate universe we we're, we're just getting knocked off left and right. I couldn't, it was weird. Um, but a victory for Missouri state would have marked just the second ever win by an FCS team over a top 10 opponent, along with Appalachian state's famous 2007 win at, at Michigan. So they almost joined the history books very close.
0: See, the thing is, is though, when, when you watch that game and uh, when I was watching their offense, Missouri state, they looked good. I mean, did you, their quarterback, I mean, he was like pulling moves and people and juking people out of their shoes. It was like, this is not an FCS school. It's just, I don't know. We're going to talk more about that later as well in the uh, speed round segment. But uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on this one?
2: I I'm just as flabbergasted as you guys were. Um, I, I, don't understand how in the world we got to a situation where Arkansas was down going into the fourth quarter to a school like Missouri State and no disrespect to the Bears from Missouri State but we did not anticipate this and I think this might be a case of Arkansas not really taking things seriously and looking ahead to next week when A&M is supposed mm-hmm. to be playing in um, Something I just want to – something I always do when I don't have a chance to watch the entire game is I'll go back and kind of look at the drive chart and listen to the drive chart for for the beginning of this game. So Arkansas gets it, goes three and out on their first drive. On the very next drive they get, they go two plays and fumble and turn it over. On the very next drive they get six plays, they turn it over after they've gone 75 yards Mm -hmm. on another fumble. The next one they go another three and out and finally punt and then finally right with like a minute in when where is this this is 10 this is 10 minutes left in the half they finally scored their first touchdown um it's just this, I think this was a case of looking ahead to next week and getting caught with your hand in the cookie jar so to speak um I, I, I did not anticipate this from a Sam Pittman coach team uh this is some something I, I don't know this is Mind-numbing and mind-boggling that this could happen to Arkansas, but I'm glad they got away with it. Uh, because if they had lost this game, I don't know what the repercussions would have said. It would have made the entire conference look awful, considering uh, Texas awesome. AM just laid laid an egg last week, and now you've got Arkansas almost laying an egg against Missouri State.
0: And those two it's, teams play each other next week.
2: Oh, do they? Yeah. The You're talking about looking ahead. There. Um yeah. It's just, it's, it's wild how that was able to get off the ground, but you know, kudos to Arkansas for not rolling over and playing dead. I don't think Pittman would have let them and and they roared back in that fourth quarter. No, no offense to the bears on that one. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, pulled out the dub, but sheesh, you want to talk about making some people in the conference nervous. That was nerve wracking.
0: Yeah. This is becoming like a regular thing. It's uh, it's wild. Um, all right, let's talk about uh in that same vein, let's talk about South Florida. The bull doubles at uh at Florida uh Florida winning this one barely, 31 to 28 Jesse I was pulling for
2: one. South Florida. I you know have front
0: about yeah. that.
1: Same.
2: I was pulling for South Florida. I'm a bad SEC person.
0: It would have been an incredible story, that's for sure. But uh they deserved yeah. to
1: win that game, honestly. Yeah, they, and Ford had
2: no business winning that game the way they would were. Ford had playing. no yeah.
1: business winning that game, and they would have gone to OT. But that was a terrible snap and an even worse hold. The fact that that kicker right. even got it off the ground was a. It
2: looked good coming out. It right. looked real good coming out. It just didn't. <sighs> anyway, go ahead, West. Sorry. No, right. no, no, no. Yeah. So, uh,
0: um, yeah, uh, again, didn't expect to have to talk about it. But Billy Napier was, uh, was very humble and praised South Florida, giving them credit for, uh, you know, a good, a good game in the state of the program, really. Because, um, I mean, he knows what it's like to try to build a program uh, in, in a conference that's not, you know, like the mighty SEC or, you know, whatever. Um, uh, Anthony Richardson struggled mightily in this game, two picks, uh lots of poor decisions um but as you guys said if it wasn't for that bad snap and a bad hold uh we could have a very different conversation right now um and uh the same one that we had about app state and a and m last weekend so um i don't know and it's funny um as as a georgia fan so taking myself out of the uh objective look and as a georgia fan i was texting you guys last night i don't like listening to billy napier because he's very humble he he says the right things, and as a Georgia fan, I want to not like him. But when he talks, I'm like, that makes sense. That's it's pretty just, nice.
1: That's a different look than the previous.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Or many of the previous coaches. Yeah. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh God, it's like they hire like egocentric crazy men. <laughs> well,
0: and, and don't forget, don't forget Coach Boom as well. So <laughs> Um, let's listen to what uh, uh, Anthony Richardson had to say after the game.
3: Got Florida quarterback Anthony Richardson here. When it comes down to it, the end of the day, it's about winning and losing football games. What did you learn about you and your team tonight? Uh, we just got to find a way to win and keep
1: pushing. You know, Despite everything that happened within the game, tough win for us. Uh, we had to fight through it the whole way. Just keep pushing no matter what, play, play by play.
3: There were moments that it had to be a little bit scary big plays going back and forth you guys jump back in they jump back in Can you just take us through over on the sidelines you your teammates? How are you able to compete compete with your composure, and then find a way to battle back and win this game?
1: Uh, just telling each other to calm down. You know, it's not any, anything. We haven't been through already. You know, we always uh, fought through adversity throughout last year and this year. So just talking to each other keeping each other uh, level-headed and just keeping our composure.
3: You told us you feel like you had a responsibility to win games in this stadium. How does it feel to get another one?
2: Oh, it definitely feels
1: good to get back on the winning side. But, you know, we gotta get back to the drawing board and, and keep getting better. You know, uh, my offensive line, my running backs, they did good. You know, I gotta step it up myself, but overall we had a great win. Thank you, Anthony. So thank you.
0: Matt, as a as a Tennessee fan, I think this is a very poignant question. Uh, but should Florida fans be worried as they get into the thick of their SEC schedule with performances like this?
2: Mm, well, I don't know, because you know, they just played uh, Kentucky uh, last week and they didn't get nuked by any stretch yeah I mean they still they only lost that game by 10 points I think they pulled away in the fourth quarter um so they're still competitive uh, it's not like they're gonna get completely demolished and when we talk about the Tennessee game here a little bit later this week I'll I'll give my feelings on that but um if I'm a Florida fan I'm a, probably a little concerned uh, Richardson's doing this Jekyll and Hyde thing where he looks really good one week and then the next week he doesn't look so good. Um, It's hard to get real confident in a team when they have that sort of struggle. Um, No disrespect to South Florida, but I just, you see him struggling with that team and, you know, having to work and they, and and like Jesse said a little while ago, this game should have been decided in overtime. Um, And I really liked South Florida's chances in overtime. Um, I just, it's just so weird. I don't know what to make of this Florida team, which is part of the reason why I'm in this bunker and why going into Florida week, I'm, just, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know what to think. Um, so, again, to answer your question, if I'm a Florida fan, I'm probably concerned um, because it's not going to get any easier from here. Uh, Kentucky is a pretty solid team, like we talked about. Uh, we don't know if this is the Kentucky of a couple of years ago where they finished second in the SEC East um you know got their most wins ever in a in a season uh, we don't know what that looks like yet so it's going to be uh one of those things where we're gonna have to wait and watch and see what happens
0: yeah jesse your thoughts
1: florida got outplayed by an inferior opponent at home in the swamp which is one of the toughest places to play and things to me look as bad as they did about a year ago which is not encouraging mm-hmm. uh The first-year starter, Anthony Richardson, God bless his sweet little baby, Angel heart. he threw another pair of interceptions and failed to score for the second straight week. Not great. Not great. Um, In three games, which I don't know why this is an interesting number stat to me, it just is, but in three games, Florida has allowed 26, 26, and 28 points. All of those very similar point totals, but they were allowed in very different ways. In this game, it was a combination of Anthony Richardson interceptions uh, and a pretty poor run defense. Florida allowed USF to rush for 286 yards. And it's pretty clear that the middle of the defense is just as bad as the linebackers. So not great. Uh, Florida has not scored in the third quarter of its first three games at all. Oh, ouch. Not weird. I don't know what we're talking about at halftime in the (laughs) locker room, but maybe we should change our tactic because three is not their lucky number for some reason. Uh, Just just weird. That's just odd. But they ran 48 plays in the game, and three of them were kneel downs just to run the clock out. So weird. Uh, Back in the day, you would run 48 plays in like a half. So they were three for eight on third down conversions. Just a lot of great, not great stats. Um, I'm concerned if I'm a Gator fan. I'm a little bit concerned. Usually your team plays better at home, especially somewhere like the Swamp where it is very, very electric down there. Your fans are almost on the field with you just the way that the stadium is built. Uh, It was a night game. That should have really pushed them to do better. And if I'm them, I'm nervous going on the road. Uh, maybe they turn it around on the road and they're different than every other team ever in the history of football. But I don't know. I I think to me, Anthony Richardson is not this like walk on the field savior type of guy. I think he's going to be a you got to invest two years in this guy and really develop him before you start to see some results.
0: Yeah, yeah, he's definitely definitely got the talent, but just that uh, development as a player and decision making and things like that i think it's going to take some time like you said um and,
2: and the real question is is billy napier that guy to develop a quarterback i don't
1: know yeah maybe
2: have you ever heard of a quarterback coming out of where he was before i haven't no not
0: really but um
1: the it first was for everything
0: it's, it's true But also way,
1: i'm oh, go sorry
2: ahead. go ahead no go ahead just
1: i was gonna say I fully believe had this gone to overtime, USF wins this ball game. I do not think that Florida had the moxie to pull it out had it gone to overtime. The only reason Florida like won this game was because of a mess up on a hold. It is not because yeah. they earned this win. Uh, I think you go into overtime, we are talking Appalachian State part two here.
0: Oh, yeah. When, when uh, South Florida was driving, I was like, well... I guess we're going to overtime and then the snap went <laughs> 15 yards back. And oh, then and it like, the
2: almost made it. it had yeah. the leg. It yeah. just it, it hooked to the right there at the tail end. A little that bit
1: Sweet time. Australian soccer player.
0: <laughs> right. There's always soccer. And it's, uh, um, he's got two sports. So he's you know.
2: I'm trying to figure out how that Gator defense gave up 402 yards of total offense. well
0: you know gators the the gator defense was was big there for years and then um then the past few years especially with under mullen it's been a more of an emphasis on offense mm-hmm. and less emphasis on defense yeah, look that, at you know remember when they had the Kyles and all that I stuff was
1: say, they focused on that. <laughs>
2: how'd that work out
0: yeah well i mean it almost worked out really well that one year for them but uh
2: mm-hmm. but yeah and now and now Uncle Eddie's doing analysis for ESPN. So.
0: <laughs> yeah. He's yeah. I mean, it's a good life for him now. He gets to, you oh, know, yes. he gets paid. I
2: guarantee his blood pressure is a lot, a lot lower.
0: As I say, he gets paid. He doesn't have to make, you know, crazy decisions any longer. And all he has to do is talk about stuff. So. um, All right. Uh, let's talk about Miami at Texas A&M. That was the uh, nightcap uh, A&M winning this one. 17 to nine. Uh, Matt got the point in this one. Um. So. Just right out the gate on this one, defensive backs Denver Harris and Smoke Bowie and wide receivers Evan Stewart and Chris Marshall were all suspended for this game for violating curfew rules. So they were already kind of, you know, uh, behind the eight ball on that one. But then they lost uh, defensive backs Brian George and Demonte Richardson early in this game to targeting penalties. So we're just going way into the depth chart for defensive backs right now. Um, so, um, as far as the quarterback play, we talked about this, uh, uh, Max Johnson got the, uh, got the start in this one and, you know, I don't know if he did that much greater. I mean, you look at his stats, a 10 of 20, 140 yards, one touchdown. I mean, it was better than Haynes King last week, but still, it's not exactly, of course, you know, um, as we'll hear from Jimbo, he he did do uh better at his uh decision making and, and stuff like that. Um this one was kind of a like a snooze fest as far as scoring goes. Uh not just because it was a nine o'clock kickoff, uh, but uh it was just it was just kind of boring, honestly. Um, but AM gets the win, they bounce back from last weekend's debacle. Uh let's hear what uh, Jimbo had to say about this one for
3: sure you had to make some difficult decisions this week and one of them was pulling your quarterback how do you describe how max johnson came in and performed i thought he did a really nice job he led the team played with poise and didn't try to take things that weren't there made some plays when he was there we got to get a lot better but he led us to victory and did the things we had to do and our defense played outstanding Devon a was so terrific for you tonight. How do you describe the burst that he gives you? He's just an unbelievable athlete that can catch and run, and he's a very diverse guy. And I has played really good. We have a lot of those guys like that. We just got to get to them more and do a better job. You had to make a hard stand tonight and help some young men grow up. How hard was it, though, when you kept seeing DB after DB go out so of this game? Listen, we got, to, we got to do what's right. You got to do things right no matter what the circumstances are. I think, well, we got to get everybody on the same page and doing those things. And yeah, just Sometimes mistakes are made, The we'll grow. And that's what kids do. But uh, you know we, we our team showed a lot of heart and a lot of guts today. To beat a team like Miami that's on the come up, how do you describe what this does coming off that loss last week? You know, exactly right I say I say fear does two things. Fear, fear everything and run or face everything and rise and that's what we did and we got to keep doing it. We gotta get a lot better though. Thanks coach. Thank you.
0: Jesse, let's start with you on this one. what what are your thoughts on Am's win over Miami?
1: I was sloppy. It was a sloppy win, uh, which of course, you know, I think you have that many guys out. It sucks to have to pull into your depth chart, but you got the number one recruit recruiting class. You should have the talent there to back it up. It was just, I don't know. I think there's no doubt that A&M's offense is extremely limited is, is what I would say right now. I mean, I'm sorry, a Shane, a chain, a chain. how do I say it? A chain, a chain. And Smith, they were essentially the only reliable pieces. Uh, you know, Johnson was smart with the football, and and he did he did the job. He played a clean game, no risky decisions. Very different than what we saw out of out of King. But I don't know if he is enough to make them a contender in the West. Um, if you continue to have those sort of rule breaking behavioral issues and not a lot of discipline in the locker room and that's going to be an issue moving forward, and we've we've seen some discipline issues in Jimbo Fisher teams of past. So that's that's got to be concerning. But I think I think there's just got to be a lot of development uh, for for this Aggie football team, and it's going to take some time. Of course, it's a great win to get against Miami, but when you get into the thick of that SEC schedule, you're going to have to have a team that is disciplined both on the field and, you know, off the field. And I don't know that that's what Jimbo Fisher has right now. Um, And, and it's hard to go into the depth chart. And unfortunately this is something Nick Saban talked about um, in the Bama game, but we are living in a world of transfer portal where you are a star recruit And you don't want to sit behind somebody because you're a star recruit. So you're just going to enter the transfer portal. And so when we get into the guys that are sort of the backup guys, there's no veteran backup guys to jump on the field. Because if you're someone that can jump on the field, you're the next guy in line. You're just going to transfer somewhere. And that sort of backup leadership that you need in in those guys that are in the depth chart, it's not there, and that's across all programs. So I think that's something that that you're going to see across every program, but something that we certainly saw uh, for the Aggies.
0: Yeah, Matt, What you think, man?
2: Uh, I think Kirk Street hit the nail on the head earlier. Um, he said one thing. One of the issues. The other, th- and this is a quote from his, his quote. The other thing is unwarranted preseason hype. Number six, high expectations for a team that did not deserve that. They beat Alabama last year. They have all these great, great, great recruits. And all of a sudden, everybody thinks they're Alabama. It doesn't work like that. And I could not agree with Kirk more. Um, the Aggies uh, just don't look good, uh, offensively speaking. Um, I think they ran the ball. Where's the stat? They ran that ball 32 times. They averaged 3.9 yards per carry. Um and I don't know enough about AM's offense to know that they're supposed to be able to if they're run first or pass first team. But in the SEC, you got to be able to run the ball somewhat. And three point nine yards per carry is not going to cut it. Um, and like like we've been saying, this is a team that offensively they struggle. Defensively, they're able to hold them into the games um but how's that going to look when they run into georgia or if they run into bama or when they run into mississippi state who can get the offense clicking when they have to not they're not or an lsu LSU. or an lsu they're not going to win in a shootout that's not going to happen um so i don't this is not if i'm jimbo fisher i'm feeling a little concerned um and just like you said earlier you know um uh, max johnson did look a little bit better uh, but still 10 for 20 for 140 yards it's really nothing to write home about um, I mean, granted Especially had,
1: for a quarterback whispering coach. Yeah.
2: Again, uh, I, I'm, I hate to say it about Jimbo, but I think, I think, I, I don't know. I don't see this ending. Well, I just don't, those boosters in Aggieville Aggie Aggieland are not going to be that patient. I don't care yeah. if they did sign into to a 10 year contract. They're not going to be that patient. Yeah. no, and you, they'll
1: put up the dollars for any buyout. They,
2: they will. And yeah. You better believe that they will. They get it. They get a hot lead on a good coach <laughs> kind of losing in a heartbeat.
1: Absolutely. And that midnight yell, I'm sorry, that video, that <laughs> old release, that was so uncomfortable. <sighs> I I need someone to help us understand because I felt uncomfortable watching it on video.
0: I, I was watching it the whole time just trying to figure out like wh- like where is this going? You know, what I mean it's <laughs> like he kept trying to say stuff to try to try to get a laugh, try to be cool, try to, you know, whatever. And you I was probably like, had to
1: tone it way down after that Appalachian state thing got out.
0: Yeah. But some, saying, of like, like,
1: we'll yeah. <laughs> some of
0: them were like in the rear, some of them were like, do do jokes type of stuff. It's like, uh, okay, this is just awkward now.
2: a and in a weird spot right now. And I'm not just talking about the football program. We're talking just all across the board. When you look at the situation with the midnight yell stuff with the, with the football program, it's just, it's not a good look. Yeah. Also, I know.
1: With Texas entering the SEC.
2: Yeah. It's about you, to get a lot more uncomfortable.
1: <laughs> it is because before I feel like, you know, the coaching staff could recruit could say, hey, you're going to play in the SEC, right? right. You're going to play here. Don't go to Texas. Come here. Well, that chip's now being taken off the table. And Texas looking at least on the field, better than AM yeah. is
0: yeah and yeah, yeah as was gonna say, you know, um the the team that was the angriest when that announcement was made that they were joining was A&M. was a and m because they're like, oh well, we do not have they're the Texas in the monopoly in the SEC any longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Jimbo was trying to sell this as uh, Max Johnson making smart decisions, and you know, the stats weren't great, but he he didn't force anything that wasn't there, but I mean, still, uh, to your point, Matt, you said, I don't know uh, if they are a run-first or a pass-first team. I don't think A&M knows at this they point. Don't. They, I mean, they don't. They have no idea. They don't have an identity, and that's the problem. Um, and, and again, why it's mystifying where you have a uh, not only a coach who's making all this money, but you also have all these recruits that just continue to pour in. And, and let's, let's be honest. I mean, yeah, they had the number one class, and they had all these five stars this year. But it's not just this year. a has been recruiting in a high level the past several years
1: Goes and back even to beyond. Relevant.
0: Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. So,
1: I mean, uh, we look at, you know, you look at recruits that come in and it's the same thing that happened at Mizzou. These are these are good recruits that are coming in and it's like nothing's being done with them. Regression. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um all right let's uh talk about some blowouts real quick. Uh the first one was Georgia at South Carolina, Georgia winning this one 48-7 it's a um, bloodbath. Matt got the point in this one. This is the most lopsided game in series history. They've been playing this game since 1894 and this was the 75th meeting between these two teams. So mm-hmm. um yeah, um I if I'm you know, you guys remember last year the the post game presser with Beamer when they were talking about him and he was like They got they got five stars here. They got five stars everywhere, and 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 he was like, yeah, I remember. (laughs) It's like there's like a fly buzzing around his head as he was saying that. He's like, it was just comical, but yeah, it was. I think even worse this time. Um, And you know, whatever. I, I don't think it's necessarily a commentary on how bad South Carolina is. And I'm not saying that just because I'm a Georgia fan. I mean, the product on the field looked really good on Saturday. Georgia looked really good. Even Carson Beck, who I've not been impressed with as a backup quarterback, looked pretty good. And I know I said this is a blowout and I want to cruise through this, but I just wanted to say that real quick. Um, uh, did you guys want to talk about the, the, the Beamer thing real quick, what he said?
1: Yeah, I always want to talk about Beamer.
0: Yeah, let's talk about him. Go He's ahead. Good.
1: Oh, I didn't know if you had it to play. I but, don't. And I'm sorry. Okay. I, I should have grabbed no, that. No, you're mind. good. I was like, oh, okay. But for those that didn't see it, go look it up. Um, he's just a funny guy Impressors, I think. I think it's because he's so willing to say the the not PR side of things. <laughs> he's just going to tell you exactly what he thinks. And I can't remember the exact question, but essentially a reporter was like.
0: Was there any you know, give up in
2: the locker room? Yeah, was
1: there any give up in the locker room? He's like, "No." Oh, yeah that's Good not a question enough, is so that popular. Paul
2: or whatever the guys he was, in the spot, he was not happy about that he question
1: was he was not not pissed pleased with that <laughs> come on
2: yeah and
1: it was just it was funny but I mean I kudos I hope there wasn't because if I were them there would have been a lot of give up <laughs> yeah I was not encouraged by the Spencer Rattler performance now granted his line was not holding and he was getting just smashed
0: right
3: but
1: yeah. I was not impressed by his decision-making skills in that game at all.
0: Yeah. Well, Matt, did you have anything before we move on?
2: Listen, if you're a Carolina fan, you may want to cover your ears because this <laughs> is probably going to offend the heck of you. I'm getting some hardcore, hardcore Derek Dooley vibes. Off oh no. Of of Beamer, good. like I he screams Derek Dooley. They're coming orange pants, Derek Dooley, just, Mm. I don't, oh, I, just everything about him, the way he presents himself, the way that their teams have looked in these games, I just, it screams Derek Dooley. And (laughs) I, I'm going to say a prayer for South Carolina tonight before I go to bed, because if they have to endure what Tennessee had to endure, under Derek Dooley, um, God help you. If you're, if you're a Carolina fan by the, by the end of that tenure, then you're a true blue dedicated garnet and gold, whatever, what have you, like you deserve, you deserve they a conference really championship
1: encouraged by him though. Every Carolina fan I've talked to, and I haven't talked to any since yesterday, but as someone who lives in Carolina country uh, they seem very encouraged by Beamer. So I, I think they have some patience. I, I like can tell you ten,
2: Tennessee fans are real encouraged by Derek for the first, yeah. first year or two as well. So I mean, i've cold played pants this game i don't I've even seen like orange this, I've, I've seen this game <laughs> kids i've seen it and he ticks that box of of Derek dooley so.
0: okay i never thought about that well i'll, I'll, I'll be looking oh, at things through that lens from now on
2: but by, by the way i need you wes while i have you here uh <laughs> i need you hold on let me pull up the kid's name because i've forgotten what it is um <laughs> I need you to talk to Brock Bowers and tell him he needs to chill the heck out. <laughs> because okay. son, he had five catches and he went 121 yards and two TDs uh, in this game. Like, who? Yeah,
0: one of those was a really long reception, yards. Yeah, I was gonna say it's yards. about yeah.
2: And I'm just He's like, where you need to chill, dude. Like you're gonna hurt yourself. He's
1: got to shut this man down. It, Don't give does... this man in any room.
0: It does feel good when you're playing an SEC opponent, but you're able to get your your second and third string in there pretty quick. Um, so, I, I, mean, I don't they know.
2: By, by the way, one more thing I want to mention, then I'll shut up about this, is Georgia's defense is, is scary good. Um, they had six tackles for losses in this game, and then nine quarterback hurries in this game as well. So, Spencer Rattler getting any kind of progressions – was just no shot Uh, he didn't have time to breathe let alone to go through reads so that georgia defense is nasty and And i'm pretty sure that's why georgia won national championship last year too is because of that defense
0: yeah and that um that touchdown late in the game on the on the third stringers and beyond was the first touchdown that they gave up this year so, um, and I, I'm like sure there was still a little bit of last pride
1: in it or something. It
0: was- As I say, I'm sure there was still a little pride going on there, even though it was, you know, the third and whatever stringers there, they still didn't want to give up that score because there's, there's some pride there, but uh anyway. All right, let's, uh let's, let's move on to Youngstown state, the Penguins at Kentucky, uh, Kentucky, uh, winning this one, 31 to zero. Uh Matt got the point in this one. I have nothing to say on this one because Kentucky took care of business, right? And that's like one of those.
1: They did what they were supposed to do. They
0: did what they were supposed to do. And then uh Abilene Christian Wildcats at Missouri, Missouri winning this one 34 to 17. Um uh, I got the point in this one. Um you know, uh, this one was apparently so overlooked that ESPN didn't even have a box score on it. I had to grab this from like CBS Sports <laughs> or something. So <laughs> oh. Um so anyway, um so they did what they should have done there. Um and then uh, Ole Miss at Georgia Tech. Ole Miss blowing them out 42 to 10. This was not even not even a game uh, for even just a little bit. Matt got the point in this one.
1: They almost tripled their yards.
0: Yeah, yeah, it was just, yeah, it was crazy. Um, then uh, UL Monroe at Alabama. Bama getting this one th- uh, 63 to 7. Uh, Matt getting the point in this one. Uh, almost got it exactly right, man. You had 6310. You're exactly. so close.
2: Yeah. yeah. So close.
0: So uh, Jesse, I'll stop here because I know you want to talk about this one. So That's what do you got?
1: I just got a few bullet points. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it. it was good. It was we needed this little tune-up. Um, and, and for the sake of my cardio health, I needed it. <laughs> but uh, Bryce Young passed for three touchdowns and rushed for a fourth. Will Anderson Jr. scored on an interception return. And, uh, I was hoping that we would have a 63 to zero victory, but that's okay. Because at the end of the game, I'm not kidding. I quite literally didn't know who some of these children were. I have no (laughs) idea who they are. Um, they clearly play for us. I don't know if they regularly play for us or they were someone's cousin, but everybody got playing time. (laughs) Seemed like everybody got scored just young. Um, we scored on offense on defense. And on special teams in the first six minutes of the game, which was very fun. Um, And that was after the defense and special teams was after the first Bryce Young interception of the season. And he did end up throwing two interceptions. And I will say both of them were bonehead moves. They were not something where it was somebody else's fault. I really do believe that it was just poor decision making on uh, on Bryce Young's part. So that was not great. And the second. Quarter, we kind of stalled for a minute, which I know looking at the score, that seems asinine to say, but we did kind of sputter a little bit, which is something that I think we also saw in the Texas game, which cannot happen moving forward. Uh, Young completed 13 of 18 passes for 236 yards. Again, he also threw his first two interceptions of the season. Jameer Gibbs was a versatile weapon for us. He gained 36 yards on nine carries and caught four passes for 65 yards, including a 37-yard touchdown. And I believe I saw a stat today saying that he is our leading receiver, which is kind of an interesting one. Um, But overall, a great showing by the Tide, something really encouraging. We got to see both backup quarterbacks, which I loved um, and really encouraged by the passing game on Milrow, but also his ability to run the ball. So looking forward to to seeing some, some more playing time for that young man.
0: Indeed. Um, Matt, I don't want to rob you of a chance to talk about Bama. Do you have anything? Okay. <laughs>
2: all <laughs> right. Bama. I mean, all right. There's nothing to talk about.
0: Well, last but not least, let's talk about the Akron zips at Tennessee, Tennessee getting this one 63 to six. I got the point in this one. Um, yeah, not, I, I don't have much, Matt, what do you have as a Tennessee fan? What you got?
2: Um, again, I want to point to the bunker door that's tightly sealed. I'm not buying the hype. I love my boys. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not, we, we did what we were supposed to. We took care of business. Um, you know, Tennessee continues to throttle people. They're supposed to throttle, which is a nice change of pace over the last couple of years when you lose to people like Georgia state. Um, you know, things like that, so yeah, that's good. I'm, I'm happy about that. Um, you know, Hendon Hooker went 14 for 18 for almost 300 yards in this game, pretty good. Joe Milton had a couple dimes as well, he threw just as many touchdowns as Hendon Hooker did. Um, Jalen Wright, Dylan Sampson, they both had good nights. Uh, Jalen Wright almost got to 100 yards on his carries. Uh, Jalen Hyatt uh, had five receptions for 160, 166 yards and two touchdowns. Um, so offensively. Fantastic. I love it when we get the 50 burger and the 60 side of fries. That makes me happy. I'm okay with it. That's great. Um, Tennessee's defense played pretty solid, too. Um, they had four sacks on the night, uh, uh, 11 tackles for losses, so uh, pretty pretty solid uh, venture top to bottom. However, um, I, 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 I've been abused. I have been roughed up. Uh, I love this team. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not ready to buy the hype um we've looked really good through three games thus far um aside from a couple miscues here and there with west virginia or not west virginia but with pitt um so i'm hoping we can keep that momentum up especially going into florida uh next week's big Um, yeah next week's going to be a good indication of where we're at really um so, I you don't get know. to watch it on CBS with Gary Danielson. <laughs> good
1: yeah, Penn State, you guys now understand. You
2: do. Yeah, yeah congratulations. Welcome to the party. Get it. Oh,
0: man. Um, all right. Um, Jesse, you have anything to say about no. that one? Yeah. All right. Well, um, current pickup standings, uh, I've got 15. Matt has 14. Jesse has seven. Jesse made a good little surge this week, getting a yeah. bunch of points. So um, let's go ahead and uh, talk about a little bit of news that uh, just came out. Here's the
3: news.
0: (laughs) All right. So the new AP poll is out. And I know, you know, we all just whatever about the AP, but it is uh, an indicator until CFP comes out. So uh, let's just talk about it real quick. Um, We'll talk about the top 10 and then the rest of the SEC teams as they round out the top 25 Uh, first is number one Georgia number two Alabama number three Ohio State number four Michigan number five Clemson number six Oklahoma number seven USC number eight Kentucky number nine Oklahoma State number 10 Arkansas then number 11 Tennessee number 16 Ole Miss and then 20 Florida and 23 Texas A&M so um jesse let's start with you uh what are your thoughts on this ap poll is there any anything that's just glaring that you're like uh no i wouldn't do that or i'd drop them or i'd put them up or
1: i don't know that i'd put texas AM at 23 yeah um i might drop them a little lower i also don't know that florida is 20 um i think Ole miss might i, I could see them jump a little higher um is Clemson good? What are they what are they doing? I don't know. I don't, I don't know.
0: I don't know that we really know yet.
1: <laughs> I don't okay. That's a bold move. Let's just drop them at five because of name recognition. Um <laughs> stop putting Ohio State in the top five just because stop it.
2: Hey, then Buckeyes are good.
1: I just hate it. And I just I feel like ugh. Oh Michigan.
2: wait, Jesse, let's go back and talk about Clemson. Clemson deserves to be a top three. Listen to who they've beat so far this season. They played Georgia Tech at home. They wow. beat them 41 to 10. They beat, they beat Furman 35 to 12. And they beat Louisiana Tech 40 to 20. Definitely top five. Teams.
1: Wow, for sure. No, th- yeah. Move those guys up. But
2: hey, they got a tough matchup this week against Wake Forest. Whew. And then next well, week they got to play NC State. Wow.
0: Okay. Yeah. Let's start finding out a little bit more anyway.
1: Tough ones. Um Michigan, okay. I mean, it's so early. I don't even know. Like, it, none of it matters. It's all fake. Nobody cares. It, it, But I will say, Game Day did a great special on one of the Michigan tight ends, and I almost cried. It was lovely.
0: Yeah. Um, Matt, uh, your thoughts on these rankings?
2: Okay. So, I want to preempt. Hold on. Uh, I- Just breathe. It's okay. This isn't matter. I am Jekyll and Hyde when it comes to looking at the AP right now, and I'll explain why. One, I'm trying to figure out why in the world you'd put Tennessee behind Arkansas. Mm. That's I have a problem with that. Yeah. On one side of of me, I have a problem with that. On the other side of me, I'm thinking we don't need to be in the top ten. That's you have to talk crazy. in a different voice now. Need, oh, we don't need the <laughs> top ten. We don't deserve to be in the top ten, but we're really good and we score lots of points. No, not very good. We suck. Ah. Like I just this whole, ah, I don't know what to make of this. Um, again, Clemson's top five because they've been decent the last 10 years. It's the only reason why they're up there. Uh, Oklahoma has been throttling people. They took care of Nebraska this past weekend. So mm-hmm. I mean, I guess they deserve to be in the top 10. I saw USC at seven and I'm like, why, especially ahead of Kentucky. I just, okay. Game
1: recognition.
2: I reckon, but I think it's not, not it's just not that 2002, but... and they don't have Matt Leinart anymore. Like, yeah. when was the last time USC actually did something? Can you name when that last was? like 2008, I, right?
0: I think that that might have been about it. Yeah.
2: And it, it's been 20 <laughs> years. They ain't done sh- Nike since then. <laughs> um, I'm still trying to figure out why Florida's top 25. Um, yeah. Because th- I don't think they should be. Um, and I agreed with Jesse that Ole Miss should be higher. Uh, Ole Miss has been taking care of business, too. They should be top 15.
0: It's it's interesting. You, you have a lot of these uh, these classic uh, blue bloods that people just really want to be good. And we saw that applied to uh, Notre Dame until they did so bad, they they couldn't keep them up any longer.
1: <laughs> they couldn't uh, justify it anymore. <laughs> um you know somebody I, tried that.
0: I, I feel, yeah. I feel like uh, some of that's being applied to uh, Clemson and certainly USC right now. Um, It's almost like people are just hoping that some of those glory days come back, Um, which, you know, Hey, if they keep winning their games, I guess I can't necessarily argue with that um, depending on who they're beating, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's interesting.
1: Everything will be answered when we get our expanded
2: playoff. Oh man, yeah. it can't get
0: here soon enough. Also,
2: you. I just looked at USC's record. They played Rice in their home opener. Yeah. then then they beat Stanford by 13 points. And then they throttled Fresno State this past weekend. They don't play a ranked mm-hmm. opponent. Hold that thought. They don't play a ranked opponent until the middle of October. Who is it <laughs> Utah.
0: <laughs> okay. Well there's there's a little and bit of a measuring that's, bar that's with it. Florida that's there. It. That's the only <laughs> a little bit. The,
2: the only ranked team they play they wrap up the season against notre dame mm-hmm. but that's it Woo. yeah that's they're the gonna sit, classic they're gonna sit USC, in the top 10 until they drop until they screw up
0: stupid of course um you know that's not that much different from i mean back in the day during under the uh, bcs uh usc used to skirt along with their their terrible schedule and they would that's make true. it undefeated at the end and they would make Mm -hmm. it into the the championship every time them in Texas. (laughs) So,
2: uh, what happens when you don't play anybody?
0: Right. And that was the point of contention for so long, but yeah, but the the computer's unbiased. (laughs) Oh man. I'm so glad uh, the BCS was the worst. I'm so glad we don't have that anymore.
2: Well, that's the only way Tennessee won national championship. So I can't say,
0: (laughs) well, at least it was in an sec schedule. I'll give them that, but Hey, um all right let's talk about an old sec coach uh in nebraska uh, nebraska reaches out to urban meyer and this has been confirmed about their head coaching position uh, and uh i really want to know what you guys we've already talked about this a little bit but like what are your thoughts on their 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 thinking their line of thinking why they would reach out to urban what's the possible consequences here like what do you guys think
1: this is desperation this is Oh, we've seen it. No, we've seen, no, it. No, we've seen it happen. They want,
2: they want a they want a splash hire. We've they went with happen. the up and comer Lincoln Riley. That didn't pan out. Now they want somebody that's going to get some press. I think you guys are saying the same thing though. Yeah, <laughs> they they want a splash hire. they
1: for attention. It it happens. Think of like in college. There's this like I can't say the word, but f boy right who who he's he's the thing he he's you know he's like the fifth year senior and for some reason everybody thinks he's a big deal even though he's not Uh he's never gonna graduate and for some reason you've got this like freshman girl that's like oh my god it's like no he just broke up with britney Lindsay, ashley summer tammy lynn all (laughs) in. you don't want you don't want he's gross he'll cheat on you and you're like He's Quite literally, different with yeah. us. He he'll stay, and it's like, no, we won't. We have seen this. I've seen it at every fraternity, and I've seen it with Urban Meyer. Stop it! You're better than that, Nebraska. Just be single you've, for a while.
0: You've seen it with Urban Meyer at a fraternity. No, I'm just I've seen it with. No. Get <laughs>
1: oh, <no. In> bars. <laughs> just don't do this to yourself.
2: Yeah, Matt, what do you think? I, I, it's just. The whole situation, I don't I don't think they should have fired Lincoln Riley quite yet. I think they should have given him a couple more games this season. Scott Frost. Or excuse me. Yeah, I'm sorry. Scott I knew Frost. what you meant. I just put uh, it you out there. You, know, you know who I meant. Um, and Lincoln Riley's at Oklahoma. Sorry, I'm yeah. mixing up my big. big and USC now. Oh, my you big know, team. USC. I don't even know where they're at. Oh, that's right. I'm lost. I have no idea what's going on. <laughs> the uh, geography the, is just... <laughs> the
1: heartbreak that everyone has gone through. That's
2: right. I forgot about, about, Remember about Oklahoma. We talked about all the
0: Oklahoma players right. that shade at right. him last right. year. Right. Oh, it, was, right. it was a whole right.
2: thing. It was great. Um, Nebraska, outside of the Osborne era, did Nebraska ever do much?
0: I was going to say, this is not the 90s. Yeah, so... I don't think
2: they ever really did. I mean, Osborne was there for like 30 some odd years. But no. the thing is, is, is I feel... Like Nebraska and Florida are kind of the same kind of trajectory, you know. This is a team. Both teams were great in the nineties. Um, they historically weren't doing a whole lot. I could be wrong about Nebraska. I don't know enough about their background. Florida, prior to Spurrier showing up, was the SEC kicking kicking boy. Like they didn't do a whole lot at all. They were not known for be a football powerhouse until Spurrier showed up. Well, I feel like Nebraska is kind of that way too. So you take Osborne out of the situation. What have they done? Mm, probably not a lot. So. They're yeah. trying to figure out who to hire. Is Urban Meyer the guy? Ugh. Especially after the way things ended in Jacksonville and how he left at Florida and oh, that gosh. whole situation. All of it, and the whole situation in Ohio State. Like I just, everything about him just screams, you know, NCAA no. violation and just unethical <laughs> coaching, and it's just, I don't know why you'd want somebody like that associated with the program. I'm, I listen as a Tennessee fan, I understand the importance of winning and you're a blue chip, blue blood program, but I just don't know if it's worth the damage you could do to your reputation as an athletic I, department.
1: It's not, I just,
2: And there's so many other people out there. You if you
1: want that. somebody that's mildly questionable to coach your program, go from frost to freeze. The, the freeze freeze
2: <laughs> would probably well i don't know things have been looking good in liberty for the last no before, but well, this still. past season but um yeah I, I, the, I the nebraska uh uh boosters have deep pockets so i'm curious as to who they're going to try and wrangle down and i don't know who they would get that's available right now
1: right now i don't know but i think like, like, nfl or season they just got to wait it out. They got to wait till the end of an NFL season because there's got to be an NFL coach that's that they can snag or coordinate. Yeah,
0: I don't know. So I, it's funny. Um, so I agree with you both. So Matt, I think that they do want to get a splash hire because let's be honest, I'm not hating on the great state of Nebraska, but not a ton of people are like, you know where I just can't wait to go <laughs> Nebraska. Um, and then uh, agree to your point, Jesse, I think it is a desperate move in order to get that splash higher. They're willing to give pretty much anybody who's a big name, recognizable name, a chance. And so, um, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying anything's going to come of it. And, not, it, you know, maybe nothing happens from this, but uh, it's, it's definitely interesting that they're reaching out. Maybe they're, they
1: were just calling to see if he knew somebody. <laughs> like he you have any references? Advice. Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Maybe so. Uh, interesting, interesting though. Uh, interesting thought. So, um, and then uh, another uh, uh, thing here. Um, this has nothing to do with the SEC, but Herm Edwards fired at Arizona State, which gives me a reason to play this clip.
3: Hello, you play to win the game.
0: Exactly. So, poor Herm. That, anyway, that clip um, is
2: so old now, by the way. It is. It's, it's isn't ancient. That from like, isn't that from like 2006? Yeah, that was when he was coaching the Jets, Jets I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that
0: was a long long time ago well hey here for for sake of uh minisode length let's go ahead and end here and we'll start with the speed round next time so uh thank you very much for uh, listening to us on this minisode this uh early reactions to uh, to this past week of college football um if you would like to contact us please email us at pigskinsandpageantry at gmail.com uh, we are at pigskins and pageantry on tiktok instagram and facebook all three of those the same handle On Twitter, we are at PPSEC Podcast. Don't forget, we're available for download on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, and most podcasting apps for iPhone, Android, and other operating systems. If you enjoyed the show, please give us five stars. We would love that. Uh, Rate us, review us, whatever whatever app you're on. Uh, Hit the subscribe button. We'd greatly appreciate that. Um, So, hey. Uh, next show we'll do a speed round. We'll do uh, just for fun. We'll do predictions. And until then, this is Wes go dogs.
1: Remember to choose yourself this week and do not fall into a desperate trap of urban Meyer Frap boys. You're better <laughs> than that. <Roll laughs> time.
2: Let them live, Jesse. Okay. Let them live beat Florida. Go balls.